What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Super Fantasy Bros Podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am, as always, one half of the team, Kevin Coleman. I'm joined by on the podcast with my co-host Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how is everything going out there? Man, everything is going swell, my man. A great day in fantasy land. You know, I um, I got 23rd place in the Fantasy Pros rankings this week, so I'm so I'm feeling pretty good because last week I got 40 something. So I just I just need to keep climbing, my man. But hey, how about your Cowboys, Kevin? How about them Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. They bounced back, right? Uh, exactly. And they played like crap last, you know, two weeks ago. And, you know, you have those games where you got to bounce back and do this. And the, the NFC is loaded. So we really got to step up and be there. But I'm excited. Hey, listen, CD's there. Our guy, CD. Then you have Dak. You know, he would have put QBO numbers, but Mahomes came back to life. And so you're looking right. at just how great these guys are. And it's, it's fun to watch. You know how it – it's fun to have a good team to root for. So that's that's. I forgot like, what that's like, man. Here, uh, here in Bronco Land, we haven't had a good team since 2015 when Peyton left. So uh, I'm envious yeah. of you. <laughs> and your team is like one of those teams. Like I hate rooting for sometimes because the Broncos are okay, but you know they're not going to win it. So they're in this like perpetual kind of just. They're there. I mean, they beat the Cowboys, but like it was one of those games, like. You, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's that was more of like an anomaly for the Cowboys, and it's just like the just like the Broncos starting Teddy were forever in quarterback purgatory. Yeah. We're never gonna suck enough to get the number one pick. We're always gonna have somewhere between twelve and twenty, and that's annoying. <laughs> and that's a tough one. Yeah, no, that's a tough yeah. one. But hey, fantasy's here, and you know we're we're coming down the main street. I can't believe we're already to week eleven. Uh, it is it is crazy how fast this thing goes. But on today's show, that's what we're going to do. We're going to cover recent news. Uh, we're going to go a little bit back to what we usually do, breaking down week 11, guys that you should be looking for, going over our reactions and all that. Uh, but before then, I do want to point out that we uh, we definitely – we are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, please check out Fantasy Points and the, and the media group and what they do. They have a credible website. Right now, I believe it's 50% off for the football season. Uh, in terms of memberships and what you can do there. And we're very, very happy with that. So please, please go check it out. Look for Triple Play Fantasy promo code and go ahead and join. And we can't express how how happy we are to be a part of that group. Here we go! And all right, let's take it off. So week 10 reactions. Uh, Jacob, give me one guy. What, what stood out to you from your, your week 10 and, and, your, and your lineups? All right, one guy that stood out to me the most was Stefan Diggs, all right? He finished as the yes. wide receiver two with 30.2 fantasy points, only .01 fantasy points behind wide receiver one Debo Samuel. Uh, so he was wide receiver one for a full day there until Debo just went off uh, last Monday night. But Stefan Diggs, man, he he caught eight of 13 targets for for 162 yards and a touchdown. This is what fantasy managers were hoping when they took him in the second round yeah. in this year's fantasy draft. He's he's been a borderline wide receiver two all season. He's he has been consistent, but he hasn't really had that breakout game. So he finally won his fantasy his fantasy managers a week, which is great to see. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for him, right? Like, we've been saying, right. hey, when is he going to come out? When is he going to pop out of his shell? Uh, and, and he has. And I and I, it's funny that we mentioned this because I talked about it on, on social media with somebody about this with Stefan. I was like, man, I'm kind of disappointed in him because he really didn't have any change. The offensive system didn't change. He really didn't really compete with anybody. Like, he should be doing just like he did last year. Right. And lo and behold, he, he popped off. So I think that was a great call. It's funny. I put Debo down for mine. And I love it. Listen, I love Debo. You know, I needed him uh, to go off. I needed 20 points from him, and he ended up giving me 30. And when you look at more. what he's – yeah, I mean, when you look what he's done this year, you have to give him props for what he's been he, He's wide receiver three right now, and that's wow. consistent. You are what your ranking is, and he's, and he's wide receiver three with a margin. He's averaged 21.7 fantasy points per game, and oh, yeah. the next he's ahead of Devontae Adams by a clear 30 points. Oh, so – that's that's a legitimate spot where he's at. Jamar's right there, and then Marquise Brown is still there, which is crazy. So you're looking at those guys, and you're like, hey, Debo and Hill and Cup are really separating themselves. Obviously, Cup is ahead of everybody. Um, but Debo is a legitimate player. You saw what he did last week and what he put up. I think his rushing upside, too, when he's healthy, he can do yeah. that. And, you know, 30.3 points last week with his rushing touchdown and his long passing touchdown there, uh, receiving touchdown, excuse me. Like, I think that's an incredible asset to have. I love Debo. And he was going in the eighth and ninth round yep. of redraft and dynasty drafts last year. That's, I mean, you're, you you draft him draft. As, 
what'd you draft him as your wide receiver four probably or three depending on the, how the how the draft went three. and now you yeah and now you got a wide receiver one i mean that's just that's how you win leagues a lot of fantasy championships gonna have debo on there as long as he stays healthy sometimes man you have to take a risk in those middle rounds and you and i we both took a risk on debo you know yeah we always knew that he wasn't the healthiest player leading up to the season, but his talent is undeniable. And if he can just stay healthy, which he has been, he is showing us that he is easily a top five wide receiver. He's top three right now. So Stefan Diggs and Debo Samuel, have yourself a day. All right. Yeah. So uh, my the other guy who stood out to me, and it's not like he was RB1, RB to RB2, or even RB3. But Antonio Gibson, he finished as RB7. All right. He got 21.8 fantasy points on the vaunted Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense. All right. He rushed 24 times for 64 yards and two touchdowns, along with two catches for 14 yards. But I think it 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 is safe to say that the bye week did Gibson and that nagging shin injury like a whole lot of good. Because there was some question on can Antonio Gibson finish out the season because he's running on one leg and J.D. McKissick is stealing all of his touches because Gibson isn't healthy. Well, that bye week came at the perfect time. And he hurt me because I benched him in one of my leagues. Now, I winded up winning that matchup, but I put in Cole Beasley instead of him because just because I needed that safe floor, but Gibson winded up going on a tear. So now I can easily insert him as an every week RB two, even this week when he faces a tough care, um, a tough Carolina Panthers defense, he's definitely an RB two because of sheer volume. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I agree. I think that, I think when you're looking at what his volume is, he's looked very well. I, his dynasty value hasn't tanked at all either. So if you think of like go buy him low, that's not an option right now. Like buying him low, like he still has a high value. Like I see yeah. those buy low stuff. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work for him. Uh, but no, he, he scored touchdowns, right? So if he can score touchdowns, yeah. he can be there and they lean on him, which I think they have to, if they want to try to win. Heineke's not that guy. So no. it, it, it's like that. It's like, you're not that guy, pal. Like it's not, he's not that guy. <laughs> so when you look at Gibson, he is that, I mean, he's talented. I think the thing with about Gibson is people elevated him way too high. He was getting the hot buzz and the CMC yeah. comps. He's not that, but he's a very serviceable running back and he can put up numbers like this this week. And I started him because unlike you, I don't have the option to not start those guys. So like I, <laughs> and some of my rosters are pretty depleted right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's there now. I want to go to a guy that, it's very disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Russell Gage has been Oof. terrible. And yeah. I think because with Ridley out, they thought, hey, Russell's going to get targets. He had three targets, no catches last game. He's just put it over, over, over. And it just, he's he's basically droppable. But also, like in yeah. dynasty formats and everything like that, like you can't play him. Like you can't, you, you can't play him right now. And I think it's a product of. Matt Ryan, I think it's a product of the team. I think it's a product of a lot of things. But you got to earn those targets, and he's not earning those right now. So he's a dead asset to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, shoot. Russell Gage gave you zero points three weeks ago, and then all of a sudden he came to life last week. Um, and so, you know, you know, like fantasy managers were like, okay, yeah. maybe I can trust him. Nope. Goose egg. You just cannot trust this man week to week. Like you said, Kevin, he is definitely a droppable asset. So Antonio Gibson, you had a great week. And Russell Gage, you are donezo. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on that. I'm there. <laughs> uh, so let, let's move on to week 11. We have some intriguing waiver wire ads, I think, for some people and some yeah. guys to kind of grab. I think that there are a lot of dudes out there that you can plug and play this week. I actually like some of the matchups this week. So what uh, what what is the guy that you're looking to add, you know, that you think maybe can contribute? I am looking to add Cam Newton everywhere. He scored twice in his first action of the season with only seven touches last week. And he and this week he's handling most of the number one practice reps. So, you know, we need to expect him to start this week against Washington, who mm -hmm. ranks first in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, so you may hear his name later in the show. Wink, wink. Uh, but last season, the Patriots used cam newton as more of a running back totaling 12 rushing touchdowns and cam newton had more rushing attempts 
than passing attempts in the red zone last season. So I expect Carolina to keep it simple and let Cam run and throw short passes to CMC, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I think that Cam Newton from here on out is is an every week low end quarterback one, high end quarterback two stream. Yeah, I know. Hey, I like Cam. He's going to score touchdowns in the rushing tech. And I think I talked about him two weeks ago. I don't know where I was. I, I, I do too many shows, but I said, Hey, you know what? He could be a valuable option at QB two. Uh, and I did like a little, Oh no, I did a video for the YouTube channel. And I said, Hey, yeah. he's a viable option for you. You go grab him now. Like I think you can. So I agree, especially with the quarterbacks where they're at. Uh, I had to pivot a little bit after the news today. Elijah Mitchell had surgery on his finger. Uh, yeah. So who knows what's going on there? So I added Jeffrey Wilson to this, to this mix. He Mm -hmm. did get 10 carries. Uh, You're going to see him go, and he could have that blow-up week, right? So I think Jeffrey Wilson is a guy you should add. If he's he's available out there, which he probably is in a lot of standard redraft leagues and those type of things, I like Jeffrey Wilson. I have him on some teams. I think that he can be that guy that next step up. I think he's ahead of Sermon. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. I think that when you look at this, if Elijah can't go, Wilson's a solid running back two option. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree that Trey Sermon is not – a competitor for touches it's jeff wilson's backfield now with maybe a little hasty and sermon mixing it in but jeff wilson is looking at 15 touches if elijah mitchell misses i heard that there's a chance that he can play but my gut says that he probably won't play i mean if you have surgery on your finger i mean there's just a fat chance that you will play so we need to act as if elijah mitchell isn't going to play and jeff wilson is in yeah. so like I said, Kevin, I mean, there's a lot of RB needy teams out there. And if you need an RB, Jeff Wilson is the number one pickup right now. Uh, you know, assuming that the other guys that we're about to mention aren't available, such as AJ Dillon, you know, like he he is rostered in way too many leagues to uh, qualify for this list. But AJ Dillon is looking at at um at starter reps for the next two weeks and aj Dillon has been killing it uh even as a backup so i saw recently that that aj Dillon was available uh in like 30 percent of sleeper and yahoo league so if he's somehow available in your league he's the number one pickup but if aj Dillon isn't there then go after jeff wilson jr yeah no i agree and so rest of season who would you rather have, Jeffrey Wilson or Ramon J. Stevenson? Oh, that's a good point, Kevin. Uh, that's a good question. See, Damian Harris just missed because of a concussion, and he almost yeah. played. So it's hard for me to go out and spend significant fab on uh, Ramon J. Stevenson when he's just going to share that backfield. And also, you have the headache of a Bill Belichick running back system. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd rather have... Jeff Wilson, just because the Niners uh, are four and five now. They're not out of the playoff race. Uh, so I think the more the season goes on, it's going to be Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell's backfield. Uh, you know, and Jeff Wilson has a safe floor. He's mm-hmm. a veteran leader. Stevenson is a rookie. And I'm surprised at the amount of carries that Stevenson got. Uh, I'm very happy for my fantasy team, which I picked up that day and started him and he killed it for me. But uh, I just can't rely on that unless I know for a fact that Damian Harris isn't playing. Uh, So rest of the season, I'll go with Jeff Wilson. Okay. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's close. I think like you said, if Harris is healthy, I think you're going to eat into Stevenson's carries and it's going to be one of those things like who's there. I would probably just say, you know, surgery, that's a big thing, especially fingers, uh, especially with the running back position. I would, I would actually think that, uh, I probably lean Wilson, but Stevenson's a very – if you had him, that's fine. I think that Wilson's cheaper, and I think that he's more available. So if he's more available and, and he's cheaper, I'll take him yeah. for the rest of the season and hope that if Mitchell misses, we have that. So that's kind of how I like to go there. I like that you said that Damian Harris is going to eat into Stevenson's carries. So do you think that, that this is Stevenson's <clears throat> backfield? I think that it's going to be. And like okay. Harris – I saw someone trade Harris for a 2020 three second a couple weeks ago Hmm. i actually i think that's a smart move i don't think harris is going to be there i don't think he'll get a second contract with uh, with new england i think he's a dying asset as well so Hmm. like if you can get a a pick like that if you're rebuilding that's fine if you're not rebuilding go and try to get like fournette go try to get somebody else that's maybe a little older in dynasty that people don't like and i think they're going to have more long-standing value than harris i like that 
So, so another running back, guys, if A.J. Dillon's not available and if Jeffrey Wilson's not available, I would take a long, hard look at Wayne Gallman. All right, last week he rushed 15 times for 55 yards and caught a pass for 21 yards last week. So Gallman got 15 carries and Mike Davis only got four carries. Now, I know that the game was out of hand, and so they probably wanted to see what they had in Wayne Gallman. Now they know that Gallman has fresh legs and Davis, you know, he has just been a disappointment all season. You know, he's just been well below average. What we took him as, as like a sneaky RB2, he had this backfield all to himself. Now I recommend Wayne Gallman as a pickup because Cordero Patterson, uh, it isn't likely to, to play this week. He has he has an ankle sprain, and he has to turn around and play on Thursday. It doesn't look good for his outlook, which means it's going to be Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman. Now, Wayne Gallman outperformed Mike Davis. He looked fresh. So if you are an RB needy team, like I said, A.J. Dillon's gone, Jeff Wilson's gone, I would look at Wayne Gallman as a low-end flex, like a low-end RB3. I'm going to have him rank somewhere in between RB30 and RB36 because I do think that the volume is going to be there even in a tough matchup against New England. Yeah, no, Gallman is one of those guys, like, I think that, like, like you hit on the head. Like, I think if he has it, I think he's a low-end guy. You yeah. need a running back. Running backs are really sorry right now. He played 42% of the snaps, right? So, like, right. He, he has that ability there. I, I do like that. I like that call. If you need someone like that, but if you need someone like Wayne Gallman, I don't want to say you're struggling, but you're that's a deep ad. That's a deep. We're a little ad. Like, bit in trouble, you know. Which hey, I have some rosters out there that you know that could help. Like right. there are some rosters out there. Uh, the one guy that I wanted to talk about, there's two. I'm going to give honorable mention to one in a minute, but the one guy I think you should try to add is Dan Arnold. I've talked about Dan on the show. I went over Dan Dan before. He saw seven targets. That's second most in the Jaguars in Week yeah. Ten. So. You know what? He's legitimately one of their top guys. Five catches, 67 yards. He caught a two-point conversion. He's seen at least five targets in five straight games, and seven okay. or more in four of those. So he led the Jags in targets that they traded for him. So he's been the wide, he's been the number one option since the Jags trade traded for him. And you know what? He's a borderline tight end one that still is on the waiver wire in all kinds of different leagues. Like, especially at that position, if you don't have one of the top guys, I feel like Arnold's got to be that guy. Um, yeah. and because he's going to get the targets in that offense, especially with Chark being gone. And, and LaVisca is not LaVisca. Nope. Uh, he's not that guy. So nope. uh, Dan Arnold is a guy at a tight end position that's pretty out there. I, I mm. wouldn't I wouldn't hate you guys going out there and grabbing him. Uh, my other guy, I wanted to give a shout out, Jamal Agnew. Okay. I've talked about him too. But, hey, he saw five targets in week 10 too for Jacksonville. He also had a 79 yards and a touchdown, three carries. They use him in that role that kind of LaVisca is supposed to be. Now, he's not safe. In terms of like the floor is going to be interesting because there's going to be games where he doesn't break that 79 yard rushing touchdown, and that's going to hurt you a little bit there. But the targets aren't bad if you if you really have like 10 or 11 deep on your on your roster and your lineup, and you want to try to start someone like that. I think Agnew could be a very very good pivot there. I like those calls. You especially have my attention with Dan Arnold. Um, I just saw this stat uh, that's that says Arnold now has between four and eight catches and at least 60 yards in each of his last three games. So he's yeah. definitely a viable option. Trevor Lawrence is looking his way. He is starving for that veteran wide receiver because he's no longer looking at Marvin Jones Jr. No, I don't think that Marvin Jones Jr. is no longer is no longer startable right now. I think that Dan Arnold is the only reliable pass catcher that you can start on this Jaguars team, along with Agnew as like, like a what the heck flex because he's looking his way as well. And Agnew does has that, uh, does have that speed to break to break free. So Agnew is who we want a Chanel to be. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, kind of. I, I think that <laughs> at least right Chanel now. Is- yeah, I mean, Chanel's Chanel. I think that's there, but Agnew's getting the targets. He's earning them. And, you know, yeah. and it, I think that's to say, like, Agnew was a corner. To to be losing out to a basically converted cornerback, that says more about Chanel than it does about Agnew. Really and I think that's where you have to understand from, like, a dynasty perspective. It might be time to leave. Give a second-round pick. It might be time to cut bait because – there's a plenty of Chanel's and Agnews out there. There's not other guys. So maybe this is time to move on. I think that's the, that's the key. 
I agree, man. Chenault's not getting those manufactured touches that mm-hmm. that we thought he would. Maybe they were at first, but then they're like, okay, we're not succeeding. So Chenault, yeah, man, he's just wasting away. He's not earning them. I mean, that's it's a very simple spot. If yeah. you're not earning them, then I don't want you on my roster. I think it's a very simple concept. Like everybody always chases fantasy points. Stop chasing fantasy points. Yeah. Who's earning the fantasy points? Like that's right. a very key concept. It's not hard. Stop making it so hard out there, people. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about end of the season, like in or outs. I know that we kind of do this sometimes. We talk about guys, and, and you mentioned a couple. I'm interested to see what you play. So, like Tyler Lockett. What do you think of Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett, guys. All I gotta say is that Russell is back. I know what we saw. Was he? Last is he Sunday. back? Because I didn't. I didn't see him last Sunday. Was he on the field? I couldn't he, tell. He was physically back. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, I do. I do agree that he came back way too soon. Uh, but you know, he got, he got his feet wet. He's hungry. He's never been shut out in his career. So he's hungry. He's going to be hungry next week. And he's going to be looking at Lockett a lot. Now he targeted Lockett eight times this game. Lockett only caught two passes, uh, and also drew a lot of PIs and what should have been PIs. Like there should have been some big plays. Uh, so I like, I like Lockett a lot moving forward. I think, I think that you can get him incredibly cheap. Right now, I think that Russell's going to look his way a ton. He has that big play ability. We know that he can be inconsistent at times, but the price that you can get him in redraft leagues, I mean, dirt cheap right now, especially after last game. Yeah, I don't hate the call. It's just he's so inconsistent, right? Like, And that's kind of been his M.O., Russell, that offense. Did you see Pete Carroll's? I want to run the ball more. I swear to God, Pete Carroll. He always says that. I it's just driving me nuts. I got a certain record point. player. Yeah, you don't have anybody to run the ball with. Have you seen your running backs? They're not good. So like, right. you, yeah. You, at a certain point, you just you got to throw the ball. Like I, I don't understand. Like if Lockett can be consistent, that's not a bad call. I think if he can stay consistent there. But that's the key word, right? Consistent. It's worth a shot if he's yeah. super cheap. Yeah, yeah, but shoot, if you shoot, you might as well roll with it, right? right? Like, and at this point, I don't hate that. No, I, I agree. I agree to you there. Uh, my guy was Antonio Gibson. I, I think you like him a lot. Going forward, yeah. I, I do too. I think that I'm in on him. Even in redraft, yeah. I think he can play a role there. But the guy I wanted your opinion on was Cortland Sutton. So, is he an alpha, Jacob? <sighs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that he long is. pause you got going on right there. You I know. Like it. So like I thought about it, I debated it in my mind for a great two (laughs) seconds. As you guys heard, he is, he is, he is an alpha. He just needs a quarterback who has skill, you know, like he's been dealing with drew lock. He's been dealing with case Keenum. He's been dealing with, you know, Joe Flacco. Like he hasn't had an a one quarterback. Like I need, I need a quarterback with Sutton. Now, I know that you're probably thinking at home, oh, if he's a true wide receiver one alpha, then he can make it work with any quarterback. That's not true. That's that's with quarterbacks. If you are a true alpha quarterback one, you can make it work with any wideouts. But a wide receiver is so dependent on a quarterback. They need accuracy. Like, you know, there are no wide receivers who are seven feet tall, all right? He's six foot three. He just needs it within his radius catch, all right? And no yeah. quarterback's providing that right now. And Teddy doesn't have the arm. He's not it. He never was, never will be. He is a forever backup quarterback, a fine backup, okay? Uh, so I think Sutton is. He just needs a quarterback. He needs Denver to trade for one. Uh, but, you know, Cortland Sutton is a free agent this offseason. So he can he can choose to leave if the Broncos don't trade for Aaron Rodgers, wink, wink, who we are definitely looking at. Uh, but you know, if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, Sutton is leaving for a viable quarterback or whoever's going to pay him, you know, like all uh, Allen Robinson, when he became a free agent, he took the money mm-hmm. instead of going with a good quarterback. He was like, I'm just going to take the money and play with Mr. Trubisky. That, did, you know, it worked out fine, but you know, he's regretting it now. Uh, so I think that Sutton's going to play it, play it smart. I do think he's an alpha though, just to, just to beat around the bush. He is an alpha wide out. What do you think? No, I think he is too. The 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 spot I had for him, and I I was on a pod, and they were asking me about him. What if he went to the Colts? They, they, <sighs> okay. they have a they have a ton of cap room. Him and Pittman, and then they get a slot guy in there, Hilton to be gone. Like, would one. you like that spot with him? I actually would, just because I like what I've seen from once this year. I like his confidence. I like that he's back with Frank Reich. He looks like he's back on track. 
Okay. And if he gets Michael Pittman and a talent like Sutton, I think that's even going to boost his confidence even more. Uh, so I do like that landing spot. And if they have enough money to sign him, I think that they Sutton do. does it. Okay. They got, well, they got enough money. And so, I mean, they, I think they have the second most money going to the off season next season. So they're going to have some rules. They got some holes to fill, but if, if Sutton's that guy, maybe that they can have him alongside of it. I agree. I, I think yeah. this year though, he's got a tough, you're looking at his matchups. Like after the bye weeks, you got the chargers. That's a tough matchup. Yeah. KC, KC is not a terror. That's it's, it's not a bad matchup, but you know, like you said, the quarterback play is there. Detroit right. is kind of, you know, his end of the season, though, Detroit, Cincy, Las Vegas. Not a terrible matchup for if you if you have him. If you want to maybe go reach out, maybe he's cheap. I know he's cheap in redraft. So maybe Good if you team. want to go try to grab him, that's not a bad schedule, especially if you're a contender right now, uh, yeah. if you can go do that. So, no, that I agree. And then the last guy on here was Barkley. What do you think of Barkley? So I just want to say that Barkley – Barkley is definitely a guy that you can no longer buy low on. All right. Your chance to buy low on was last week during the bye week, just because I would have traded him because I have him in my redraft league, in my big money league. I would have if the deal was good, you know, because there is a little bit of uncertainty. But reports today say that Saquon looks explosive and comfortable while cutting and running, which is a tremendous sign. All right. So I'm all in for the stretch run as he has a friendly set of matchups coming after the Buccaneers this week. Now, I know that the Buccaneers have given up some fantasy points to Arby's lately. That's always a tough matchup. Uh, but after after the Buccaneers, you know, he's got Philly. He's got Miami, a tough matchup against the Chargers. But then he's got Dallas, Philly and Chicago. So, you know, he's looking at a favor at at a favorable schedule. He's finally healthy he was looking to play last week uh you know but i believe he got covid last week was that was that last yeah, week he was on a covid list yeah yeah so you know he was close to a return last week and now he's even healthier after the bye week and i see an antonio gibson like performance where he's going to get a lot of volume and he's going to get 60 to 80 yards you know like total but he's also going to score so uh now is the time to buy low if you possibly can but that window is probably shut yeah that window is shut you needed to like jump on that quickly but yeah he could have a great year if he can again barkley just gotta stay healthy right like we we talk about this stuff as health and and he is there i i will say like i've seen some trades go down in dynasty for like henry for barkley so essentially what Hmm. people are doing there is I think some contenders are going after the championship, so they want Barkley on their roster. And other teams, maybe they're not contenders, but they're kind of middle of the pack, and they think maybe Henry next year can put him over the top. Interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting move. I don't think I would do it just based on no. Henry's age and that right. foot injury. It, it never looks good. Uh, but right. it's an interesting – if you have Henry, maybe you can get Barkley. I think that's – you know, maybe. It depends on the league that you're in. But I've seen Henry – and Barkley involved in like two or three different trades all across the dynasty stuff. So again, wow. think about that. If you have Henry, unfortunately I have Henry Barkley and Jones on a team. That's not helping <laughs> me right now anywhere. Oh, uh, but you know, we're, 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 we're chugging along. We're chugging along there. That's all right. Nice. Let's, uh, let's kind of go through. We'd like to go through sneaky start sits and yeah. kind of go over some of the guys that we like. And uh, you have some interesting guys on your roster. So we're going to go over some all positions. We're going to look at it and go through quarterback. I'll go through my first quarterback here. I yeah. actually think, Tyrod Taylor at Tennessee is a sneaky uh, start. Oh, and so really? you don't like that start or what? Well, I'm hurt by Tyrod. Uh, I had Tom Brady on bye week last week and yes. Tua just missed at the last second and Taysom Hill winded up not starting. And those were, those were my two options to replace Brady. And I thought that Tyrod was a sneaky start two weeks ago. And he got me five points. Uh, so I'm a little bit angry at Tyrod, but ah, I want you to okay. change my mind, Kevin. Change my mind. No, what, what, this is what I would say. I would say that I think that I think it's going to be a blowout, but I like the game script because I think what happens is the Titans are going to kind of put them in, uh, in a little bit, and they're just going to get a ton of points in the second half. I think it's game script dependent. I just think he's going to score a couple three touchdowns, two to three touchdowns. I think Cooks is going to have a good game, and I just think that it's going to be one of those like he's going to have to throw up forty five times to fifty times just because of game script, and they're just going to try to chuck it around. So like it's not that I think Tyrod's a good quarterback. Not I just sure. think game game script's going to depend. It's going to be one of those fantasy good games. Well, well, and Tyrod had such a good start to his season that we thought I thought he would just he would just come back and just 
rely on Brandon Cooks, but maybe he needed one game to get his feet wet. So I can definitely see this happening. And uh, the Texans, you know, they face the Titans, correct? Yeah. So the Titans are allowing the first or the the most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. So Brandon Cook should definitely have a good game, which means that Tyrod should have a decent game as well. He could definitely sneak into that quarterback too. Yeah. Um, conversation. Now I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Um, I really like what he's been doing this year. And for the last four games, he is averaging, averaging 305 yards and almost two touchdowns. All right. He looks good. All right. He looks like he is in command of this offense. You know, he is, you know, he doesn't have Henry Ruggs anymore, but he has, Hunter Renfro. He's been getting Brian Brian Edwards more involved lately. Uh, lately, sorry. Um, Edwards has gotten four targets over the past like three or four weeks, like exactly four targets each week. But that number needs to rise because he looks good every time he gets the ball. Uh, last week, he Brian Edwards had uh, three catches for 88 yards and a score. Um, I think that he gets more involved as time goes on as he becomes that number two wide out because i do think it's you know it's darren waller and it's hunter renfro and then there is brian edwards you know and if he can become a consistent option for Derek carr then i think that Derek carr has has a very good matchup this week against the cincinnati Bengals. i think that he he is going to he is going to have to match joe burrow score for score he's at home I think he can easily turn out to be a quarterback one this week, albeit a low end one, but he does have that quarterback one ceiling. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, car's been, uh, car's frustrating, but I, I agree. I think that I think against Cincinnati, this is going to be a high scoring game. I actually do. Right. I think that there can be that. And I think it's going to be game script dependent too, but I like car car. Damn. He, he makes some throws sometimes. I love. And then there's just those weird, like he falls down at weird times and he has this in, but no, you make a good point. Chucks it know, up in the air. I don't know if yeah, you saw that play. I, that was weird. I did. Yes, I did. Yes. I had Straight that in, the and air I, in the sky. I, you know, there's some things like that. He's got a little bone nicks in him from, uh, from Auburn, any of my Debbie people out there, but yeah, I agree. I think that you look at Derek Carr and you have that. I think he can be sneaky. I still think he's a solid QB too. And they're going to bring him back. Cause there's yeah. no one else out there to bring. So Dynasty wise, he's still valuable next year. He's still gonna be on that roster. So there, I, I have a hard time seeing them move on from him, uh, unless he completely falls off. Unless he completely falls off. Now, another my running back uh, is Damian Harris, and the reason why it's yeah. Damian Harris is because I think that everybody's gonna be on the Stevenson train, and Belichick's gonna say, ha, "Kiss my ass, it's gonna be Harris," and we're gonna yep. see Harris. We're going to see Harris, and I think that he's going to get some of the uses that you like. I still have him. I think, gosh, where do I have him? He's pretty low on my where I have him in my rankings. I still think I, I have him ahead of Ramondre Stevenson because if Harris is the guy, I think they go to Harrison in the Reds. I think he'll get the Reds on opportunities. So, like, to me, I think that at least early. So, if he if he capitalizes on that, he's going to be the one that scores the touchdowns against a putrid Falcons team. And again, that defense isn't looking very good. I think Dallas kind of exposed them a little bit. I think Mack will move them up and down the field. And, and the Patriots could make the playoffs. Patriots are right there. Like, so they're competing for that spot. I think Harris will get the usage. I could see a 60 40 thing, and you're hoping for a touchdown. And as a low end, what, running back three ish, you start him and he scores a touchdown. I think he finished around like running back 17, 18, 19. Yeah. 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 This is, this, this is exactly why I can't endorse. Ramondre Stevenson as like a priority pickup just because Harris isn't dealing with a lower body injury. It's just, you know, a concussion where he almost played last week. So I also have him within that like 18 to 22 range, you know, as you know, like the RB this week, I definitely think he has RB two capability, especially, especially with fresh legs. Uh, so I like that call a lot. Now this call at RB for me, I'm going with miles Gaskin. Now he's facing a New York Jets team who is who is allowing the most fantasy points to running backs this season. So that is a check mark. Like, okay, then Gaskin should uh, should have a good game. All right. I know that he didn't do well last week, but he got he got he got 14 rushing attempts, even though he he only turned that into like 31 yards. Uh, the previous week against the Texans, 
He also had 20 carries for 34 yards, but he also scored. So he he is going to get a ton of touches. All right. And Tua is back. All right. He's starting. Brian Flores said that Tua is starting, which helps Gaskin. All right. It helps him in the passing game, in the run game. It opens things up. Uh, so I think that Gaskin is a low end RB2, but I would feel safe playing him this week because he does have that ceiling. All right. Uh, and there is like this running joke where he always plays well on odd number weeks and he completely tanks on even numbered weeks. Well, this is an odd number week, guys. It's week 11. So Miles Gaskin is is worth the roll of the dice. I think he is too. Yeah, I, you just got to kind of roll it out there. And I, I mean, at this point against the Jets, I think that's a good matchup like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, he struggled this year. I don't see him being, I think he's a dead asset as far as dynasty goes. I don't I agree. Not a lot of upside there unless he maybe turns it on right now and then maybe you can get offload him for like a third or second round pick, maybe to a contender. I don't know how much you're really getting from him. So, yeah, if he scores, right, that's the thing. I think you and me are on the same mindset about the Miami. I have Waddle down as a guy that I think could have a good game against the Jets. I think he can lead in targets. I like Waddle. I think, and hey, this argument about Waddle and Devonta and Bateman. I'm not going to get involved in this because I think that they are all good wide receivers. Like right. they're all very solid wide receiver twos. Why do we always have to argue? You know, like why do we well, always have to argue who's better than who? Just, just enjoy these rookies. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not human nature. We always got to argue, right? right? That's just, that's just the reality. But you know, I know that he, he put up like low end wide receiver three numbers last week. I will say like he had six targets, he had 61 yards. You had that. I think against the Jets, it wouldn't come out of the question where he'll go back up to those 10 targets. And if he can do that, then you're looking at hopefully he can break one, maybe 100 yards. I think he breaks 100 yards and scores a touchdown this week. I, Waddle is one of my one of my favorite guys this week against the Jets and in, in that offense. Uh, so I, w- I would start Waddle with very, very strong confidence, and I think he could finish as a wide receiver too this week. I like that too. I actually have him in my early rankings, a wide receiver 26. Uh, okay. So he's right outside of the wide receiver too. Uh, but, you know, if Tua, if all reports come out that Tua is healthy, he's looking good, uh, then he'll definitely get a bump up because he, you know, Waddle is who Tua looks for in that offense. Now, Will Fuller might come back, uh, but even if he does come back, I mean, I think that only helps Waddle. You know, like it'll take attention off waddle while fuller just runs downfield uh so i like that waddle pick uh my pick at wide out since i chose Derek carr i'm i'm gonna go ahead and go with hunter renfro um he's been extremely solid over the past few weeks you know even in half ppr leagues uh he had seven catches on nine targets last week now he only had 46 yards but he also scored Uh, But you are looking at that safe floor with Hunter Renfro. But like Kevin and I think, we think that the Raiders and Bengals game is going to be a high-scoring game in Vegas. Uh, So Hunter is going to get a lot of targets. All right. Hunter is looking at probably 10 targets. I I I can easily see him getting 10 targets which gives him a very safe floor uh i don't know about him scoring it's 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 a possibility but it's also a crapshoot if you want hunter renfro to score i see him more as 10 catches for 100 plus yards which gives him a very safe floor i think he can sneak into that low end wide receiver two area renfro yes i and shout out to brian edwards right he had he was wide receiver nine i think on the on the week i think yeah. i think somewhere around there but, hey yeah yeah, yeah. right around there you know, those two guys are gonna get bumped because rugs is gone and they're gonna yeah. have that and if we think the Bengals game script is gonna be the over under is gonna go over then you have to start these guys i think that's yes. kind of the reality of the reality of the situation there uh i'll be quick on the tight ends because i'm gonna be honest tight ends are ugly uh yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go jared everett i'm gonna go with i know it's you don't want to go past don't chase the points whatever but he had eight targets and eight catches last game against green bay yep. 63 yards wasn't amazing he still put up 14 points in, in ppr formats and i think he's got an okay matchup against arizona i know arizona's mm-hmm. playing well but i do think that they're gonna have to put up points in this game Again, you like Lockett, Metcalf, those guys. If Russ comes back, maybe he's looking at Everett's way a little bit more. So I, I like him as a sneaky play if you have to start one of these guys you're streaming. I like it, man. And eight catches on 63 yards, you know? Hey. Sufficient. Sufficient, yeah. right? Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Especially especially in PPR. 
Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with Adam Troutman. You know, I, I went way down in the list right there with you, my man. I was, I was dumpster diving for these tight ends. You know, I'm going, you know, Adam Troutman is facing the Philadelphia Eagles who are giving up the most fantasy points to tight ends this season, uh, this season. And Troutman got six targets last week. He caught five of them. You know, it was just for 32 yards. But again, you know, when we're talking about tight ends and who we think can sneak into that tight end two range, you know, like Troutman can facing an Eagles defense that is that I don't know. They don't know how to cover tight ends. And Troutman just got just got six targets last week. So if you are looking for a dart throw on on DFS or you just want to give a tight end a shot, I would give Troutman a shot in a very friendly matchup. Hey, I agree. I think that I, might as well roll for it, right? Score a touchdown, go against Philly. Philly defense is not great. You just kind of exactly. just got to look for that touchdown. Touchdown to pin it. I don't know how many targets he's going to get. You might. It just depends. Uh, but yeah. I don't. I don't hate that. We're going super bottom of the barrel. We should see what which one guy was which, which one scores, scores higher. I think that's the key. Let's see Everett or Troutman. We will have a little side bet. We'll see All what right, happens. Man, we got a bet between those two guys. <laughs> now I don't have a defense for you. Uh, Jacob does. Jacob, who's your defense? Yeah, I'm just going to go with the Tennessee Titans. They are available in a lot of leagues, and they face the Houston Texans. I know that Kevin does like Tyrod Taylor, but <laughs> I still see, you know, like the Tennessee Titans have been solid over the past few weeks. I mean, like this defense is looking pretty good. Uh, so I still think that Tyrod turns the ball over a few times, maybe, even though Tyrod does have that capability of having a good game. The Titans still could hold them to under 17 points, 20 points, uh, along with a few sacks and maybe, and maybe a pick, which would definitely give them at, at least around 10, 10 or 12 fantasy points at the least. Yeah. 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 I, I think so too. I think it'd go either one way. I think that either Houston's going to kind of shock some people and maybe come back and back to recover and they'll put up fantasy points or Tennessee's going to wipe them out. So I, I am going on a limb with my pick. Like I both. really am. Like you really yeah. see both. And we're just playing. We're just, you know, when you look at this, you're playing the numbers, you're playing this, you're playing game scripts, you're playing there. I know Houston's right. defense gives up. I mean, excuse me, Tennessee's defense and it gives up a lot of passing yards. And so if, yeah. if Tyrod can hit his receivers and has enough time, who knows? I think Tennessee wins this game, but I think Houston could could have put up some points. But hey, we'll find out, right? We'll see who's right. Usually, usually it's Jacob. All right, let's look at the dynasty. Uh, you know, I go through dynasty panic meter, and we talk about this. There's really one guy I want to talk. It's Mac Jones, and so there's been a lot of noise about him in the community and fa- and just fantasy in general, like. Rushing upside is not ever going to be there, right? Uh, nope. He scored, I think it was 19 fantasy points. He had three passing touchdowns, but he doesn't run. And he had 197 yards. He's going to be efficient, and he's going to be there. So what is he as a quarterback? To me, I always drafted him as my QB3 in super flex leagues and as a QB2 option. Like, I look at Mac Jones as a QB15. That's kind of what I have. It. Like, that's his ceiling and floor to me. It's literally 14 to 16 is where he's probably going to finish most of his career. But that's okay. He's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. Yeah. So the way I look at him from a dynasty asset is if someone's willing to pay over his value of what you perceive that to be. So if I can get something that's over a QB fourteen, I'll I'll take it. I'll look and I'll see. Hey, what can I get here? If I can, if I'm not going to get that value back though, with what I value him at, so it's going to depend on what you think you value as Mac. Now, can you win a fantasy league with Mac Jones as your quarterback too in superflex leagues? Yes. Yes, you can because he's safe floor you can win a fantasy league if he's your qb2 if he's your qb1 now you're 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 in a little trouble but to me like what is the difference between mac jones and joe burrow hmm. just uh just a pass happy offense versus very conservative offense that would be the biggest one right like hey you game script and just hey he's in a pass happy offense with with better weapons chase higgins those guys but as a quarterback mac jones oh, okay. Very similar because Burrow, Burrow's not not going to run anymore. So no, he can't. His knees tore up, and then you also like. And if you look at it from a fantasy perspective, it's just a quarterback perspective. Mac Jones played at Mm -hmm. Alabama. She could have won the Heisman. Didn't obviously his teammate did was there. Won a national title. Burrow had that one year. Same kind of. They both have very similar tracks. But I would actually think Mac Jones is a more accurate quarterback than Joe Burrow. So to me, when I'm looking at it from perspective, like I don't know what really besides the offense, which I know is a big deal, but as a quarterback, yeah. there's really nothing that separates those two. But why does Joe Burrow get propped up as like, 
oh man, Dynasty asset, you have to have him. Whereas Max, like, oh, you know, he's okay, but go get someone else. Well, I'm sorry, but Max not someone that I'm just going to trade for who? Who's under him that you feel like, who would you rather have in Dynasty, Mac or Kirk? Well, he's probably the new Kirk. So why would yeah. I trade him for Kirk? I don't want mm-hmm. Tannehill over Mac Jones right now. I don't want some of these lower-end quarterbacks. I, I, sometimes the safe play is okay. Like, yeah, is there going to be upside? I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of turnover next year in, in, in fantasy leagues. And in Superflex leagues, quarterbacks are going to go nuts next year. There's going to be a lot of displacement. Mac's not going anywhere. So for yeah. me, Mac's a very solid, safe QB2. Now, if you value him as a QB14 overall and you can get a higher than that, then go ahead. But I think it's a risk sometimes. I think Mac's a very safe QB2 option on teams. You made a fantastic point in that there's going to be a lot of quarterback turnover next year, whereas Mac Jones is extremely safe for at least the next four years. You know, like we'll see after that, but he'll always have a job in this league, uh, you know, and he's going to be the starter in New England. He's 23 years old. Bill Belichick loves him. He fits that system perfectly. Uh, You know, if you value him, Kevin, as a quarterback 14 to 16, then he's basically a high to mid range quarterback too, which is Mm -hmm. very solid. And uh, I get it. Like once like the numbers normalize at the end of each season, he could fall in that range. You know, like he might have a week where he's quarterback 12. He might have a week where he's quarterback 20, but he will, he will be in that range of outcomes, which is very solid for your quarterback two or even your quarterback three. So I love that call, Kevin. I just, you know, I see like, I know the analytics guys hate him. I get it. He doesn't have the rushing upside you want for fantasy leagues, but sometimes I feel like you can win with a QB two as long as long as you're good at drafting and you have guys around these guys. A QB two yeah. is a very safe floor. You can win leagues like that. You don't sure. have to be putting up 200, 300, 200, 220 points every week. If you get 165 points and you know Max going to get you 15 to 20 points, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, let's go to your streamers. All right, guys, my quarterback streamers for week 11. We're going to kick it off with Cam Newton welcoming a Washington defense, allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. All right, Cam is only rostered in 16% of Yahoo and 26% of Sleeper. I expect that number to go way up after waivers clear. Uh, But like I said earlier in the show, Newton scored twice on only seven touches in his season debut. Cam is hungry and he is ready to feast at home against Washington. So expect plenty of rushing yards along with a rushing touchdown. Fire up Newton as a high-end quarterback too with upside. Next, I have Tua Tunga-Viola traveling to New York to take on a Jets team allowing the 15th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Tua is only rostered in 23% of Yahoo and 34% of sleepers. All right, he was dropped in a lot of leagues after he missed last week, although he came back into that game and he led that Dolphins team to a win. All right, he completed eight of 13 passes for 158 yards. Before missing week nine, Tua was on a three-game hot streak averaging 22.4 fantasy points per game. You know, with Waddle and and Jasicki and possibly Will Fuller at his disposal. I expect mid-range quarterback two numbers from the second-year quarterback out of Alabama. Hey, I I like that. Hey, you know, I I think that I, I think that could be a good pick there. I like that streamers. I want Tua to succeed. I just want Tua. Same. To succeed. That's all I want. He's a good dude. He is. He's a good guy. <laughs> He's a good guy, and I think he's a great. I think he's a good fantasy asset. And I think if I was banging, if I'm going to bang the drug on, uh, if I'm going to bang the drug on Waddle, I think I have to bang the drug on, you know, on two of them. You have to bang the drum on who is feeding Waddle. Yeah, I got it. I got to go there. So, uh, all right. Well, it'd be interesting to see. Cam's an interesting man. He was left for dead, right? He was left for dead, man. And you, you have been pounding the drum for him, like, like you said, you did that triple play fantasy. YouTube video on his fantasy outlook. All right. And, you know, I liked what you had to say. All right. Like Cam Newton is not dead yet. <laughs> All He's right. Not he dead can yet. Win some leagues, especially in Superflex. And he can rush and he scored touchdowns. We saw that. So let's go to our locks of the week. So we're going to talk about uh, two locks that we think are going to be well. And I cannot believe I'm actually saying this. Uh-oh. Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers. Whoa. He's, at Jack- He's at Jacksonville. Yeah. That's a good matchup. He's playing like a QB that doesn't want to give up his job to Trey, right? So he's been playing well. 
They now I don't know how much they're gonna have to throw, but if Elijah Mitchell is not there, maybe they're gonna throw a little bit more. Uh, but his weapons, Debo and those guys in IU can get him and Kittle. Kittle, hey, Kittle's back, baby. I'm so excited. I just traded for Kittle. I'm excited he scored me a touchdown last okay. week. I think that we could look for three touchdowns, 250 yards from Grappolo this week. I like that a lot, man. That would definitely put him in the low end quarterback one range. Yeah. Uh, and he can definitely do that, man. The Jags, you know, yes, the Jaguars, they held Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to what, like six points uh, two weeks ago? That was an anomaly. I think that the Niners get, I think that the Jaguars get trounced by the Niners. And I agree with you that Jimmy G is definitely an appealing play and he's probably super cheap on DFS. Uh, he so is. He's, uh, so on DFS, he's, uh, I just saw it, 5,700, I think. I think he's around 5,700 is nothing. Yeah. I like that a lot, guys. Fire up Jimmy G. I like it. All right. So uh, my lock of the week is A.J. Dillon. All right. He travels to Minnesota, who is giving up the 11th most fantasy points to running backs. Over the last three games, in a reserve role, A.J. Dillon has 45 carries for 190 yards, six catches for 106 yards with two total touchdowns. All right. AJ is looking at a full workload where I predict he'll see somewhere between 15 to 20 total touches with a hundred plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown. So fire up AJ Dillon this week. Hey, I like it. You know, last week it's funny. I had some people reach out to me. They asked me who they should start AJ Dillon or, uh, gosh, who is the, the Buffalo running back? Why am I losing my mind? Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? Yeah. That jackass Devin Singletary who killed me. <laughs> I thought he was good. So they uh, they they like, hey, Devin Singletary or Dylan? I said, Dylan, you got to go with Dylan. And one of the guys said, oh, I think I'm going to lean Singletary. I'm okay. And he, he sent me a message on Twitter the next day. I said, I really should have listened to you. So, yeah, you should have listened to me because Dylan you definitely should have listened to Kevin. That's Don't a, ever yeah. start Devin Singletary. Life Never. Goal, life lesson. Just it's over. It's done. It's it's done with him. I, I You know, yeah. a shout out. One thing I will say is Brita. He got, oh, what, man. six targets? I think He's he did or something bed, like that. Huh? If Brita can get targets in the receiving game for Buffalo, yeah. I just want to say, I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy, but I'm just saying if he can get receiving targets, now we're looking at like, hey, maybe that's a that's a valuable position. He's definitely free everywhere. If oh, you yeah. have a deeper raw, maybe if he gets those receiving targets, it might lean on him a little bit. Uh, they're hard to come by, and it could have just been an outlier, but it's something to keep an eye on. Hey, man, he was a beast in San Fran. So definitely someone to keep an eye on, Matt. Matt Breida. I like Matt it. Matt Breida. Oh, man, I can't believe I said that. All right, well, hey, we appreciate you guys <laughs> tuning in. Uh, you know, we really appreciate everything that you guys do. You listen, you subscribe, hit that subscribe button, please. Follow us on the podcast and the YouTube channel. Uh, until next time, Jake, we got anything? Oh, I just want to say cheers, guys, and let's get after it in week 11. All right, even if you are a little bit out of playoff contention, every week counts. So let's get after it. Yeah, and even if you're out, keep setting your lineups. Don't be that guy. Totally, totally. Don't be that guy. You set your lineups, have 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 some pride in what you do. Have some pride. There. So That's we'll right. see you guys next time. We'll see you next week. All right.